Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 42nd episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Matt Pulford, and we've got all of that coming up. But I will say it is an important day for us as it is our first official year, our first birthday, if you will. And of course, we look forward to bringing you more interviews and more content. So once again, you can go and check out the newly revamped studiobreak.com. So it's got a little bit of a facelift and it's undergoing some changes still. But again, all of that content is there. Once again, we want to remind you that we are on Twitter. So follow us at Studio Break on Twitter. We have a Facebook page where you can find more information about upcoming artists and previews for upcoming shows and things like that. Of course, if you have any trouble with the default player, you can always check out the podcast in iTunes, where a lot of people subscribe anyways. So just search for Podcast Studio Break iTunes and subscribe there. You can also subscribe to the blog if you want to get updates anytime that changes or any new posts come up there. And lastly, I just want to thank everyone who's listened to the podcast, shared the podcast, and been a part of this uh, whole journey. So we appreciate all of the help and effort for the first year, and we're looking forward to a lot more fun stuff, including this interview with Matt Pulford coming up right now. So stay tuned. Welcome to a evening edition of Studio Break. I'm joined by Matt Pulford. How are you tonight? Doing pretty good, Dave. How's it going? It's going well, and you know, obviously, we've tried doing this before and had a little bit of a, a hiccup in recording it. So, thanks again for finding the time at you know nine o'clock after the kids are in, in bed and you snuck off to the basement. So, I appreciate <laughs> you uh, joining us tonight. Sure, prime time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so you know, I, I know that we we kind of rehashed some of this, but you know, the first time we talked uh, a bit about you know where you grew up and. Um, what some of your experiences were like and, and what you were interested in when you were younger. So we're hoping that you could start off uh, the same way this time and just give us a little bit of a background. Sure. I uh, I grew up in the Quad Cities, um, actually was born in Moline, Illinois. And uh, if you're not familiar, uh, Quad Cities is a, a metro area that um, actually spans Iowa and Illinois. It borders the, uh, the Mississippi River. So, yeah, I grew up on the Illinois side um, and uh, was like any other typical kid, you know, I spent a lot of time on my BMX and skateboard and, you know, playing baseball and stuff. And, uh, um, stuck around here actually after high school for a couple of years, uh, while some friends went off to school, I actually stuck around here a couple of years and, and got an associate's degree. And after that, I transferred into Illinois State University to catch back up with those friends and to get into the art program there and, uh, transferred in as a junior. Uh, I got a BFA in 90, I believe it was 98. And um, after that, uh, I was actually working as a student worker in the University Gallery, the art museum on campus. And um, the director there, Barry Blenderman, uh, actually created a job for me, which was really cool, really nice of him. And I uh, started working there full time, um, stuck around for probably another three or four years uh, while I was doing some grad at large work. Uh, if you work for the university, you, you get the opportunity to take uh, graduate level classes for, for, you know, a way of tuition, which is really, really nice. So I kept uh, taking printmaking classes and kind of doing, you know, independent, not independent study, but independent critique kind of sessions with a lot of, a wider variety of faculty, photographers, painters. And, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> and um, eventually, I mean, even though I loved it, I, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I had to take a little bit of a leap. Uh, I, I really 
am not and was not a big city person, but I decided I, I wanted to go to Chicago. Um, there's a little bit of a following of a girl, you know, <laughs> but I, I did want to go and, and just kind of give it the old after college try, I guess you call it. I was in my late 20s and uh, moved to Chicago, didn't really know anybody <laughs> except for a couple people who I wasn't great friends with. And, and I lived there for about five years and um, I was working at the Apple Planetarium and Astronomy Museum and, and making art and showing. And my, my studio was like the kitchen floor of this really super tiny but expensive, like, didn't even have one bedroom apartment, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, um, and yeah, at a certain time, I actually met my wife at work. Uh, you know, we, we dated for, for like three or four years there in Chicago. Um, decided before we got married, we decided we both wanted to leave the city. I really had to get out of there. <laughs> um, and get back to, uh, a little bit of a slower existence, you know, not the sticks, but, but, um, back in Iowa somewhere. She's from Cedar Rapids. Sure. And moved, moved back to the Quad Cities. It kind of came full circle. Um, and we're now in Davenport on the Iowa side. And, uh, you know, a couple kids, got a house, <laughs> doing doing that thing. I'm uh, 37 now. Right, right. That's the, that's the abbreviated, you know, my story. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, um, how often do you get to wrap it up in, in like four minutes there, it looks like. <laughs> um but, you know, I, I especially, you know, especially just being uh, from the Midwest and, you know, talking to a lot of great Midwestern artists on here, you know, I, I always kind of come back to some people being really drawn to uh, certain elements of that. And, you know, for me, obviously, when I look at your work, I think about, you know, the landscape references and certainly it's a big component to it. Um, was that something that was important to you kind of growing up being outdoors and, I don't know, playing in the mud with sticks, that kind of thing? Yeah, I I remember, I mean, even in my own backyard, you know, I, I remember um, just constantly digging around and, like, creating these little systems of roads and trying to make tunnels and, you know, um, a lot of that kind of stuff outside, general exploring. We we had uh, this, this undeveloped set of woods in our neighborhood of, like, four blocks away, and we turned it into, well, it was already there, but we kind of kept it up you know whoever did it before us must have gone off to college and it was now our turn through my my grade school and junior high and high school years to to keep up on this series of trails bike trails that we had jumps and stuff you know so yeah this became this place where i would after school like especially in junior high when my, when my grandmother was still watching me after school i would get home and, like take off and just disappear and drive her nuts which i, I kind of feel bad about now <laughs> but you know there are days where she'd get really upset and, and she'd have the cops come after me and my friends and be like get out of here your parents all want you home kind of thing right so a little bit of that um but the main thing was that um i have a half brother and half sister who i'm, I'm really tight with and uh growing up they're older than me this is from my dad's previous marriage they they um you know growing up then and, and still now they, they, their mother is, was uh, remarried to a farmer um, outside of Burlington, Iowa. So my brother is a farmer, and my sister lives on one of the farms. Uh, she's a school teacher, and I would always go visit them when I was young, like back to when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, even. And um, that was probably the most important in terms of place and, and landscape and influence. That was definitely the most important time frame, the most important um, place, you know, for me as far as landscape goes and kind of molding of one's personality, and which eventually 
brought forward in work that I was facing. Just because I was this really, really shy and quiet kid and, um, you know, did well in school, but just like was socially inept. <laughs> right. And I, uh, going there and just being, there was nobody around. I mean, there's not even a house around for like a mile or whatever, mile or two. And just being in the middle of, of nothing in the fields and the woods and with, uh, with a couple golden retrievers and just me and like a four wheeler sometimes. That just became very comforting. I just was kind of alone. Sure, sure. Well, and and I think, I mean, I'm guessing that, you know, uh, that art maybe started for you at a younger age, but then also, I I think you also mentioned before that you did, um, was it like Taekwondo as well or something like that? Yeah, I didn't, you just remember that. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't mention it. Yeah, I was in, or maybe I did. I was in Taekwondo, uh, boy, probably started when I was like six and quit when I was about 14, I guess, 15. Right. Um, yeah, that I don't. So the that that could attribute to your well-disciplined art practice. <laughs> Maybe I think it's <laughs> probably something they threw me in because I was so shy and they wanted me to try to I don't know form some sort of a social group, which I did. They were awesome people. I mean, sure. But uh, yeah, loved baseball more though. Definitely wanted to stay in baseball. <laughs> right. Right. And did you, I mean, were you doing a lot of art and stuff like that in high school then? Or, or is it something yeah, that... I, I mean, growing up, you know, if you ask him the proverbial question about, like, what you did, what you drew as a kid, I, there's a funny story, like, up until somewhat recently, my parents still had uh, the dining set that I grew up with. And underneath all the chairs, I used to lay on my back with markers and just draw, like, viscera, like, actually biological drawings of guts and stuff, you know, <laughs> all these scientific books that my, my parents always had laying around for me. Um, yeah, there was a lot of that drawing, obviously when you're a kid, you draw race cars and all that, but, but more seriously, you know, the kind of a pre molding of figuring out that this might be something of a longer lasting interest in, in high school or whatever. Yeah. Just towards, you know, I can remember my senior year when you have, when you're elective suddenly, like you can take three electives in a semester. I, I just took all art and, uh, got, you know, did the AP thing and tested and all that stuff too. Um, sure. But, you know, I, I was still just, that was just a basic love of drawing and just making stuff. And it wasn't, I don't even think, and actually at Blackhawk College for my community college days, I don't even think I, I really, I, I still hadn't decided, like, this is a complete fine artist studio art thing I, I want to investigate. I was still thinking about um, what other types of careers that I could use to, to bring my drawing skills to, you know, like, I wanted yeah. to be a scientific illustrator. I wanted to go with my friends who are actually like paleontologists and geologists to this day. You know, I, I wanted to be out in the field with them doing scientific illustrations for their, their journals and stuff, like right. you know, published, published journals. <laughs> and I even was thinking about that for a while up until probably after the first semester at ISU. Right, right. Well, and I always, I don't know, I just always ask because I, you know, I wonder how people wind up getting in this, uh, getting getting into a, a studio practice. You know, because there's yeah, think, there's like some. I, I think it's just because, like for me, I don't know. There's just always seems like it, like it should come down to some kind of like some moment where suddenly you're just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I don't I don't know why I, I feel like sometimes um, I don't know. It's just almost a shock, you know, to kind of be like, I, this is what I do. It's it's kind of a combination of when. I, I don't know if there's any one moment in, in, 
one's collegiate life when you have like the switch that flips and says, yes, this is it. But it's, it happens, you know, maybe slowly, but somewhat quickly sometimes, you know, I just remember like you, you're surrounded by an awesome setting. I mean, I love the CVA as, as old and decrepit and crumbling as it is. I think they're thinking of replacing it. I just, it was such an awesome place. The people, especially when we were there, I mean, the classrooms were always busy no matter what time of day and on the weekend. So there was all that kind of environment support, environmental support and social peers kind of support. But um, yeah, it, I, it also, the, the decision, just one-on-one in one's head kind of a thing was, it, it's kind of a combination of like a bold and heroic choice, but also kind of stupid. In right. And I mean, just to like poke fun at ourselves, you know, actually my wife, uh, after she got her MFA from Columbia College in Chicago, her and her roommate who got the same degree, they made this giant cake and it just says like, what the hell am I going to do with this degree? You know, I mean that, that whole joke, like, well now what, you know? Um, I just like that. I mean, the it's studio practice or whatever you want to call it, deciding to be a, you know, a fine artist and just constantly working on, on in the studio, making work, trying to get shown, um, writing about it, you know, doing what you and I are doing about it. I, it's, um, it just, it, it was a very, it's just liberating free world. Like, it, you know, the world of one studio and, and actually even invest like diving into the work that you're making. It's just this, just absolute autonomous free world. And that was really appealing to me too. But yeah, kind of as far as like deciding on that as a career, quote unquote career, it's just kind of a, hey, let's just, you know, I never really fit in. I never really wanted to, wear the suit and tie, like, let's just do it because it's kind of daring to <laughs> kind of right, a thing. Right. That might have been a little bit of an impetus to Excuse <clears throat> me. Well, and plus, you know, I, I mean, you probably probably were a hit with the ladies, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that you had a little bit of, uh, that was you know, one of those feather feather berets or something, I don't know, but before we before we get too tangentialized by me, um, sure. You know what? So, what was it like in terms of then what the what the the discipline was like when you came to, to Illinois State University versus um, you know your previous experience? And you talked a little bit about there was a lot of activity, a lot of people you know in the studio making work. But um, were there any kind of new materials that you started working with, or um, new things yeah. that you're interested in, or, or what, what what kind of work were you also making at the time? Because you know we got to think what? back. This is like a, a what's it's like going on forty years or something, Matt. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I came in, um, not really skilled in, well, not having a background of, of painting classes, um, had a lot of drawing classes, lots of figure drawing, lots of drawing composition, all that kind of, you know, 101, 201 type of stuff. Um, so what I actually got into, excuse me, right off the bat was, um, printmaking and it actually did a lot of glass blowing and stuff too in my very first year. But I had not done an etching. I had not done uh, a lithography stone or plate or anything like that, any type of a litho drawing. I hadn't done anything like that until I came to Illinois State. And, um, yeah, it was it was just the, the teachers are amazing. I mean, Jim Butler, Richard Finch are just awesome people. We actually we, we also had uh, Ray George, Sean Caulfield, and a host of other adjuncts there who were just awesome folks. So that kind of became my – I mean, I, I always saw the entire CV. I didn't really – many clicks. I think everybody communicated pretty well, you know, intermediate kind of <laughs> people hung out here or there, wherever, it didn't matter. 
but it, like if you want to kind of boil it down to an even smaller group like I, I mainly was in the printmaking room doing work and um yeah what, what do you want to know just the buzz of it like the, well the i mean itself, or? yeah i mean i mean was it was there anything in particular i mean like in terms of um I don't know. Were you doing kind of like uh, you know aquatints or etchings or what? What was it that started kind of getting your it, interest? Just all over the place. I think there was a, a. It was somewhat of a magic side to it. Um, there, there's a lot of direct kind of. Oh, that doesn't work. I'm going to erase this drawing mark. But that doesn't work. I'm going to kind of wipe off this paint or paint, let it dry and paint over or whatever. You know, painting is a little different than than this kind of apples and oranges. But what I'm getting at is. With with any type of a print um, in, in etching, you know, in intaglio, I should say, there is this kind of like, what the hell is this going to do? You know, I'm going to throw this ground on it and kind of splash some acid and then do this and and gouge the zinc and like, what's that going to do? And so there was there was an interest in just the unknown that drew me into it, like this experimentation, um, messing around, letting just expressive gestures kind of, you know translate into actual printed mark that kind of stuff appealed to me a little bit of magic i guess well and it also seems almost scientific too in a way that you know you talked a little bit about um wanting to do those kind of scientific illustrations and it i don't know just makes me think of someone that's that's kind of got a meticulous sensibility you know and um, you know i don't know printmaker printmakers are a strange lot so (laughs) no offense to you printmakers are out there but you know what i'm talking about with your, uh, you can't you can't wipe a plate by hand. Yeah, you can wipe a plate by hand. You know, all sorts yeah, of I silly things. It's kind of funny that I did get drawn to it because it is such a social setting, not unlike uh, ceramics, where everybody has to go to a kiln or, or same thing with glass blowing. I mean, you have to go to this big press, like it's this communal kind of a thing, where it's a little. You know, I'm, I'm surprised I wasn't drawn to the more solitary existence, and I'm not trying to stereotype. I mean, but like, I'm going to go call up my studio by myself and just kind of work, and then step out of that and share it with folks. I mean, there was a lot more of the behind-the-scenes stuff that that you saw you and that you shared with your your peers, and you got to see them go through too. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like my personality, you think I would have ended up doing something a little more um, sequestered, I guess. Sure, sure. Well, and you know, it, it looks like too. Then at the same time, you're also working on some other um, some other paintings that maybe are can kind of take on a similar aesthetic. Or is that is that not the case? Um, to the are you talking about? Well, like the early, like the early two thousand ish prints. I mean, they're they're kind of like these landscape settings, and I'm I guess I'm just kind of interested in how they kind of unfold into you know are they, these. Are they really these, linear, or are they just kind of color fieldish? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, there's there's kind of the the color field ones, but then also the ones that come after it, which are just kind of these, you know, horizontal yeah. um, horizontal bands well, of color. But they they all seem to kind of really relate to that idea of the horizon, and you know, that almost kind of like a traditional sense of landscape, or when the light, you know, is just catching sure. the trees at a certain time, where you kind of get blinded out by it, you know. Well, I tell you, things, yeah, things are on that time. Um, when I was living in Bloomington Normal, I was taking a lot of drives on the weekends to see um, friends who lived around there. Or with friends from Illinois State, we'd go fishing or something like that. Um, I'm telling you, me and Chris Shepard and Bob Jones used to grab beers and our poles and go off quite often, like outside, you know, rural McLean County. And yeah, those drives, <clears throat> excuse me, um, 
whether by myself or with friends or whatever, just those drives and being out uh, in amongst the field um, and really beginning to, to kind of fall for stuff like uh, JMW Turner's uh, just expansive landscapes of just these explosions of colors. They, that started to really influence a lot of the, the more color fieldish kind of, pardon the pun, um, blurry horizon line, just color sun bright sunset kind of a blinding kind of a thing going on mm-hmm. um and at the same time like you mentioned the, the more linear pieces sometimes they're just drawings sometimes they're lithographs sometimes they're even monotypes that was the beginning of i in my opinion almost doing this this purposeful like rediscovery of, of mark making like a more mature drawing kind of thing um pure drawing like what i mean i don't know if there's any kind of a corollary to, to painting like figuring out what truly just gets you it's almost like this fetishistic kind of a thing like what is it about this blob of paint moving it around that kind of becomes your mark or your gesture or your mode of working and, and those that that line quality and that gestural brush not well it's a dry media like a, a pencil mark or whatever that that i started really getting into that just the plain act of drawing too and that tied in with what you undulating fields of grain and the wind or individual grass blades and stuff like that. That was the kind of precursor to a lot of to those that direction. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, and I mean, is, is so is that essentially what came after that? And I'm, you know, kind of talking about all. You know, you specifically mentioned like the the blades of grass and that. Um, and I, I think a, a little bit later, but yeah, I mean. I think it was a continuation of the interest in the mark making for sure. I mean, yeah, it, it just continued to get refined. I mean, the the works themselves. I mean, if I, you can paint a, a picture for the listener at home who's not looking at this, so they, there's a lot more minimal of this bare white picture, you know, space. <laughs> there's less and less mark making as time goes on, I guess. You know, right, right. Just a few years ago, not to jump ahead in time, but where it was just nothing but pencil marks, you know, I mean, that show, that allude to the act of grass kind of sitting in a snowfield kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, those early ones that were a lot more gestural and kind of horizontal, you know, those, those I think were a, a nice, kind of the beginnings of what I was really getting at. Well, and, you know, it, and I guess one of the things that would be interesting to maybe listen to is, is just a little bit about the, the differences in terms of some of the media, because I know that you know, even in just kind of the course of having a some casual conversations with you already, you talked a little bit about kind of slowly becoming more interested in painting. And um, I don't know, what, were these things that you were also kind of then moving between mediums then? So so you might be working on prints and paintings and drawings at the same time, that kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. There wasn't. I mean, maybe there was, and I just kind of a, a deeply buried thing. There wasn't any, like reasoning this agenda like well i need to start you know working in this this and this too it just it just by nature just was it didn't even like really occur to me i just like all right well i'm gonna make a painting now and it's gonna look like this and, well now i kind of want to step back and do a couple more of those of these prints these etchings that are almost an aerial view looking straight down and map like you know it's just really the subject matter was always the, the common thread between all that and i, I didn't i just i just always just had to get at it, you know, get at it through different media, different modes of working. Sure. Uh, not a great answer to your question, but... 
No, well, and, and it, it, it does kind of want me to get on, move on to um, some of that other work that we were talking about, though. The especially, you know, because you talk about you know moving, moving from a lot of this mark making and, and moving more and more spare. Um, yeah. Was there? Well, I don't know. What was the what was the lineage behind that that kind of transition? Because you kind of go from, you know, being, you know, first of all, I mean, just working with predominantly, you know, uh, bright colors versus you know, uh, like a grayscale kind of image. Yeah. Um, well, first off, the, the painting kind of stopped in, in the early 2000s. I, I moved to Chicago in 2002. And you go from having everything in the world, <laughs> you know, at Illinois State, to all of a sudden being in a small apartment in Chicago. And I didn't have much space to work. So, you know, I just stopped painting for a little while. Like there wasn't any wet media. I couldn't make a mess like on these, you know, on the hardwood floors of this awesome little brownstone kind of thing, you know? Right. <laughs> and right. Um, so just kind of by necessity, I, I, I got small. Actually, I, I shouldn't say I quit painting. I definitely kept at it, but it just things looked different. But in terms of the thematic kind of uh, loss of color and stuff, it probably just, I, I think there's stuff that was going on, like I mentioned before with, this continual refining of, you know, boiling it down to just the essentials, um, just just a mark on its own. I mean, there's there is still barely barely a little bit of color in, in those little grass blades, but it definitely got a, a lot more minimal. But it's probably just because I, you know, my environment changed so drastically. I, I went from this lush. Um, I mean, isn't McLean County like one of the biggest producers? corn per acre or something in the world, you know? I don't know. <laughs> or, but it, or maybe I mean, soybeans. I don't know. Whatever it is, like, going from that, being everywhere around you, to all of a sudden being right in the thick of it in, in uh, Ravenswood and Logan Square, those, those neighborhoods in Chicago, and just, just, like, thousands of people around you, where there used to be just, like, few, you know? It, I don't know, just probably the beginning of me just... <laughs> I'm so stupid, like, I hate the word oppressive, but, you know, <laughs> just, like, I mean, I just, the concrete everywhere and people everywhere it just started to affect me. And I, that's, that's not like where I was like, oh, I'm going to lose color now, you know? Right, I mean, right. Nothing, <laughs> nothing mastermind-like. Like. But it just, it just happened, you know? I mean, things just kind of got a little more bleak and a little more uh, um, dark, not literally, but just figuratively. Yeah, you're in the you're lighting candles a lot more, turning off the lights. I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually I worked uh, the other plantation was out on the end of. It's like you're you're in Lake Michigan, pretty much. You know, you're out on the end of this this um, constructed fake island, and and this winter time they're like walking out to go to work, and just these dead trees and nothing but wind and like really cold, cold water. I mean, all that kind of stuff. You know, that that really started to actually intrigue me. Um, that's yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, but anyways, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh no, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think it's just that you know, it's it's hard to get out of that nature, you know, especially for someone that really kind of responds to being outside, you know. Um, yeah. When you're kind of cut off from enjoying that, and I guess you know, partially for me, I think you kind of learn a little bit about that just by being in, I guess, maybe somewhat of an opposite kind of situation, you know. I mean, I, I, I remember going out west when I was a lot younger and kind of talked about it throughout a number, of, a number of vacations, like when I was an undergraduate, but it wasn't really until, you know, years later that I went back out there and actually lived out there that it's just an entirely different kind of environment, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And and to go from any any anything where it's really radically shifting that it, it can't help but you know kind of you know affect you a little bit. So I think it's only kind of natural. Um, yeah, I mean, you hear people say like, I, I just have to be by the ocean, or I'm I'm a city dweller, or I have friends who are like, you know, I have to be in the mountains. And I was just always a plains person, I guess, if you were <laughs> to try to categorize it. I mean, it's just what feels right to me. Yeah, well, you know, I guess everyone. I guess there's a there's a certain type for every person. <laughs> yeah. um, that sounds kind of silly. Like I'm, we're talking about quasi-religious stuff, but you know what I'm saying. I don't want it to sound like dumb, but oh no, I mean, I th- I think it's I mean I think it's interesting because there's certain things that you know, um, I don't know. I think I yeah. think I think it comes down really to kind of preferences and, and where people you know really want to reside and all that, but. To kind of get back to what we were talking about, um, so a lot of these drawings then are, are kind of are, are are they all kind of just um, you know out of out of your head kind of uh, in terms of the way that they're they're being evolved or yeah there a lot of I, I don't really keep a sketchbook I don't really take terribly many photos um, unless I'm actually working on a, a piece that will become a, a photo in its final you know state on, on a gallery wall. Um, I, I mainly record thoughts and, mem- and think about memories and what's going on at the current time in life, and that that comes through and just yeah, I mean those those drawings. I, I became really intrigued with. I mean, you went from this bright, lush kind of spring and summertime color to almost a, a lack of that in wintertime when things are are dead, you know. And and I just really got interested in that and in the completely freezing you know windier than hell just knock you on your ass cold and dead of winter thing that happens in the midwest it became um i just shifted that way it became something that was really uh, intriguing really i don't know i just felt like a tie to a different time period and I'm, I'm, i'm still kind of feeling like that i might get into that this winter even currently um (laughs) <laughs> right tied to like i don't know old poetry that is written by candlelight you know <laughs> right right um just having to be out in the elements and, and survive kind of a thing um it's really difficult i don't know it, and so yeah those drawings you know literally started or not literally but they, they started a reference uh just you know cold death <laughs> sure well, and so, you know, you, you said that, li- that you don't, you know, do a lot of like, um, you know, preliminary sketching or kind of like photography and all that other stuff. I mean, what what's your process, I guess, then when you take something on? Um, is it's, it something where you're just really going to just set up um, and just kind of see what happens, let it rip? Well, the, the thing that I did have while in Chicago was a lot of time uh, in, in transit. Uh, you know, you'd be waiting on a bus or a train or just just waiting. Um, there's, it's funny, as fast-paced as it is, there are things that, you know, you're not driving yourself around much anymore or riding your, well, I started riding my bike in the nice weather, but there's a lot of time to sit and think there, and I don't really have that much anymore. That's, <laughs> if, if I were to describe that, that, that was really my process. Just, um, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's kind of ebbs and flows of how busy one's mind is and how busy your studio practices and and when I was really going it's because previously just everything was building up in terms of, of memory and, and just kind of thinking you know uh, it, I don't know it's, 
I, I mean, I, okay. I know you you go out and take copious amounts of photographs and sketches before you kind of create a composition. And me, it just kind of draws itself in my own mind's eye over time. And I kind of sit and think about it, you know, here and there throughout the span of a few weeks or months or years sometimes. And finally, like, I'm ready to, to get to work on it. Well, and, you know, we do talk about, you know, from time to time on here, you know, um, what, what other kind of practices do kind of reinforce one studio practice, even if they're not something that, you know, someone thinks of immediately. So, I mean, are there other, other ways that you think of research? I mean, obviously you talked a little bit just about kind of commuting in that, but, um, you know, also like reading a lot of books or watching, uh, uh, foreign films, eating a lot of (laughs) cheese and drinking wine, that kind of thing. It's just a need to, um, to be, to have time in one's own head. I mean, I, I, you know, the funny thing you said, you mentioned earlier when we started this interview about, you know, the kids are bathed, they're in bed. This is kind of when my, like, the Simpsons joke, at the Willie's time, this is when my time starts, you know, and I, my wife does the same thing uh, as a performer. She gets to kind of think and read and, and journal. This is when we just kind of get inside our own mind, our own artist mindset. And But as far as actual activities, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, I just am yearning to be able to get out and walk by myself uh, in any of the parks that we have around here where you can kind of almost get lost, you know, some of our bigger parks. Um, and drives are, are very important, just getting outside of town. Um, Quad Cities is an area that's around almost like 400,000 people now, so it's bigger than Bloomington Normal. But it's a similar thing where you can, you know, you get not terribly far past the outskirts and you're, you're in rural Midwest. And I just, I don't know, I really need to continue to do that. Um, sure. And well, and is that, is that kind of led you out of uh, Chicago then? Yeah. Just wanting I, to get back in that environment? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because when I was in Chicago, I, the kind of romanticized wanting of that, you know, like just this, strong yearning for that that nostalgia for that stuff that was an interesting kind of thematic undercurrent and now that I'm away from Chicago and back in it and my life's different now obviously um, it's it's not going back to what I was doing prior to Chicago, it's, it's just different now, I'm coming at the land in a little bit of a different place it's, there's not this brightly colored youthful kind of you know, I don't, I don't know, youthful, not idealism, but just youth, and color, and warm. It's a little bit, not that I'm a, you know, cold-hearted, like, pessimist, but it's just, you know, things are getting a little more toned down and dark, and I, I, I work a lot more in the fall and wintertime than I do in the summer now, and I don't really, I don't really know why that is. It's kind of interesting. Um, well, but yeah, it does, it does tie to things that I, I, I want to sit and read and try to get time to read, and, um, even artists that I should know a hell of a lot about and, and just need to get reacquainted with, like Casper David Friedrich, people like that. Um, you know, those, anyone from those era, that era who made really, not literally dark pieces, um, but just thematically really dark and somewhat spooky, you know, like uh, uh, his famous work, I can't remember what it's called, but there's this, this kind of church ruinish uh, you know, landscape with a, uh, somewhat of a funeral procession that was like going on, you know, stuff like that. I mean, just really, I don't know. Well, it, it, yeah, I call it metal jokingly. <laughs> well, that's, that's quite a stretch probably. But. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear, hear you talk about it. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting as we, you know, have another thread, um, you know, that, that we might kind of discuss before, before we kind of move on to that. Um, 
I just kind of want to talk about this last kind of body of work that kind of came after that, it seems like, um, which were almost kind of like a, a, almost like a combination of the three that came before where you've got, you know, some of these, some of these, some of these, uh, spaces have a lot of negative space going on in them, but then they also kind of have those, uh, horizon references. And then, um, at the same time also kind of include these kind of like quilted or, or kind of textured almost pieces. Yeah. Um, I have to apologize. I kind of chronologically skipped that stuff. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> my bad. I, I was so like you know the last week or so thinking about what I'm excited to get into. I, I definitely. <laughs> um, well, we'll move on yeah, quick. I promise. So, so I can, yeah, I can kind of test, take a few years of a step back here. Um, when we when we moved back, I'm well not right when we moved back, but um, actually, almost four years ago, uh, on, in a couple of days here, uh, our, our my youngest uh, daughter was born, and. Um, it's, I've repeated this story somewhat often. It's kind of lost all meaning, but but I just remember, um, you know, it, one's world gets back into that color and pastelly. You know, you're just surrounded by that. And I have little girls too, which kind of adds to that. Two little girls, so lots of pastel colors and kind of softness. <laughs> you know, all that kind of like I'm a awesome, proud, happy father of two really cool little girls. Um, so when, when Amelia was born, uh, I just remember having this moment. I didn't grow up around. I didn't babysit. I never had younger siblings. And I just remember uh, watching her one day. Like, actually, you know, Kelly was at work or something, and I was watching her. And um, she was really young, like maybe three months old, and she was dreaming. And I could see her, her eyes doing the REM. And I just was like, what the hell is she dreaming about? This is crazy. Like, this is really interesting. And so... She um she was covered up in, in one of our quilts that we had and, and at the time before this I was really getting back into the the kind of accoutrement to like a bucolic lifestyle so to speak like quilts and just mason jars and all this kind of stuff almost as an aesthetic like I, I you know kind of tiptoeing around that stuff in some of the work I was making so yeah I, I was I was actually reading Watership Down at the same time and and it, it was this really strange mix of of seemingly like disparate stuff that was all pouring into the same jar, so to speak, where there was these quilt patterns, um, the, the horizon, like all of a sudden these, these paintings now became, they weren't kind of like you were a person standing looking at a, a horizon setting, a typical kind of sky and horizon lining brown. You're now kind of floating above that up in the sky with the clouds, and there were these quilts flying around through the air and not unlike the wave kind of motion and that I mentioned earlier with these undulating fields of rain and stuff but just different subject matter and and I started titling them after like my daughter taking a ride with like some other rabbits from Watership Down just this completely ridiculously like fantastical story <laughs> narrative that I was creating really really kind of silly but but really fun and like I still really like those paintings a lot, um, even though I'm kind of ready to move past them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it sounds like it. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to torture anymore. Um, <laughs> oh no. But it's it sounds like you're wanting to get into this tortured phase a little bit. Um, well, and I, <laughs> yeah. I say that because again, you know, as we kind of already have talked a little bit. Um, well, you know, kind of extensively, really. You know, you kind of have a, a number of different veins. You know, um, in what you wind up working in. And so, I mean, is there anything that you can think of? I guess kind of going back, um, 
over the course of some of the other things that you're interested in that are kind of uh, coming up now. And again, you know, there's, there's a ton of things, but one of the things well, that strikes me early on is just that, you know, you, you do play around a lot with titles and, um, you know, it seems like they might relate, you know, quite differently based on, you know, different resolutions. If you're, you know, going to actually go ahead and, and do like a routed painting versus something that's like a, a wall installation. But, um, I kind of way, maybe said way too much there, but explain your, your other side, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. Throughout, throughout all of this, this kind of, you know, ins and outs of working with landscape, um, there, there is always a, it's, it's kind of difficult to describe, and sometimes it's still related to uh, natural elements, but the media itself is, is usually a little different, where there are these installations or these planks of colored wood or whatever that, you know, sometimes I plop these pastelli planks of, of what I call like a sky pour, I think is what I call one of them. It's really perfectly sky blue, you know, like, glossy latex plank of wood, you know, with um, carved out cherry blossoms that have been like, glued together and hand-painted and scattered across. Um, there, is, there is that type of a, somewhat of a poetic kind of, you know, soft happiness kind of a thing going on. But, but there's also a lot of strange stuff that spans anything from, from, Americana, uh, John Henry. Uh, what did I made? I buried a. I made a casket for a sledgehammer and, and put like all kinds of. I don't know. Almost like Benjamin Gardner-ish. Uh, even though I didn't really think I knew him at the time. Little flower paintings and stuff around it as decor. Um. Um. But. I think what you're getting at is this weird. Diving in now and then or tiptoeing in now and then to uh, a darker, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, some of the pieces have been like uh, painting shards of wood really small to make it look like a human ash and calling it, you know, your cold death ash. Uh, gosh, what else? Um, casting uh, resin to make it look uh, like like water. I actually want to do something like that again where I'm going to work trying to uh, do some pieces about this frozen lots of water um i don't know i mean sometimes it's really mysterious stuff not unlike i, I mean getting into like banks violet or somebody like that who comes from like a really evil dark hardcore or does work about like really black metal from sweden and like actual murders i don't know if you know what i'm talking about yeah i think i've heard about this before yeah. um but just kind of the strange folklorish, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think up examples of artists that, um, Bill Conger curated a show a long time ago called Pixarina Witcherina. And he's doing this artist named Karen Arm who was like doing drawings and paintings of, of smoke, mm -hmm. um, and just water, <laughs> uh, and like what a blood splatter would look like. And stuff. I, I don't know, just really peculiar stuff like that. Well, and it's interesting because, I mean, I, I think certainly thematically some of them really kind of, even though they're not, you know, uh, landscapes, um, they certainly tie into some of those those motifs, you know, even the way that, like, um, you know, like the ones that you're talking about, these uh, sky pour, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's still like that real negative, negative uh, um, space or kind of a, like a figure ground relationship where you've got these things that are kind of floating on the surface in the same way that you're, you know, kind of like drawings might or 
maybe some of those pieces where there's where there's these kind of the reeds coming out of the wall. Um, yeah. But the, there's also that other kind of side that's a bit more humorous too, and I, I think we talked about oh, yeah. these pieces before, <laughs> which is the uh, those router pieces that are like, um, oh, what, yeah. what are they? <laughs> well, the pieces themselves are they're made to look as if it's a stretched canvas, but they're it's a little bit of a trick. Um, there's they're really just uh, I don't know if it's like a half inch thick or maybe total if it's thick um, of whatever wood. I don't know if it's masonite or just ply that I used, but I constructed something that would look like as if you're going to paint on panel and it had, you know, one by two as a perimeter on, on the back end of it. So it looked like I, I actually fake stretched canvas over, like I stretched real canvas over this hard surface and made it look like the size of the painting or canvas and then cut out the middle so I could actually get back in and route out the wood. So yeah, I routed out a pentagram <laughs> and I routed out uh, an upside down cross and poured blood red paint over it over and over again until you couldn't really see the the trace of what of my handiwork. And it just looked like a regular painting with regular canvas sides that had blood red paint like spilled onto it. And it looked like, like a Joseph Marioni or something got cursed by the devil. Right. Like and yeah, very tongue in cheek, you know, just fun. I think I called them like heavy metal thunder and heavy metal lightning or something. Like Sinworm, I used to bop, like naming these occultist titles to satanic rituals and stuff, you know, and just, I don't know, just having fun playing. I mean, I was, I, I always was and still am into some really ridiculous music, whether it be punk rock or hardcore or like hilariously just, just metal, grindcore, whatever. And so many of those bands don't really take themselves serious and it's funny just to laugh at it sometimes. I, it was, it was, Entertaining to bring that over into the art world, uh, or into my little world of art, not the art. I didn't bring that into the art world. <laughs> sure, and, sure. Yeah, and it was, it was comical because, like, those got it. I, I sent those out to Seattle for a show called Gratuitous Boom Lot. Like, yeah, right on. These people like understand what I'm saying. You know? Right, <laughs> that right. That was a really fun show to be in. Well, and so, I mean, is, is that kind of like, I mean, not, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like then there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that you're kind of mulling over to, to kind of work with, um, in the near future, you know, you've talked about, you know, um, essentially the, the fall and the winter being good months for you. So I don't know what, what's that process like and kind of getting back into the studio and just kind of working with some of these new ideas are, is there a particular rhyme or reason for any of it or, or what's the strategy here? I think when, when you mentioned earlier about like what, you know, getting oneself into a mindset to work, if you're not like actively sketching or documenting, whatever way, just in one's own head, I, I think a lot of that time, since it's not spent, you know, on a CTA train or bus or whatever, um, or driving around, like, I mean, I want to continue to do that, but I think a lot of that time now is actually um, just kind of sparked by being, just responding to the everyday frustrations of, like, working life, you know, nine-to-five type stuff, <clears throat> where um, it, there's... There's just a, especially now with kids, there's just a, that wants to um, still retreat and get away and, like, not have to deal with the real world and just go have fun with, you, with like, your family, you know, <laughs> your immediate family now. And uh, I think that there's that part of one's personality that it's fun to tweak and turn into something. Um, I don't know if it's like you're 
donning a mask and acting a role or what, but or part of it is actually somewhat of a real emotional thing going on. But just to, to turn that into something darker, it's like, why does, I mean, it sounds so stupid and cliche, but really like it's playing with the idea of why does life have to be like this? Like, why can't I just do this or this and not need to worry about money and career and all that? Right. And, and, and just, that's kind of the silly ass side of this, but the more serious side is that, you know, there's just, I, I need to, I don't know, there's a, there's a strong want to, to look back at, at older poetry and prose and, and straight storytelling and, and folklore that, that just, you know, touches on just life and death, really, to put it bluntly. Right, uh, right. And when everything slows down in the wintertime and gets absolutely frigid and is darker for a lot longer, and, and what that does to one's mindset, um, and just... It's just a really interesting time. I, I really love the winter now, which is really weird. And, um, yeah, there's, I mean, tying in with music you listen to, I was listening to Nina Nastasia the, the other night, and she has this song about, um, I think it's called Oh My Stars, and there's this plot of ice falls from the sky, and, like, you know, everything about this album of hers is very, it is pretty minimal acoustically, you know? And, um kind of lends itself to, there, there are these sounds of like, I don't know, not to get off on a tangent, but she has a lot of interesting musicians in her band who like will play a saw or play a reef. And it mm -hmm. sounds like cat meowing like in a barn and there's like clanking of rusty kettles and stuff that they'll be doing <laughs> in the studio, like a Foley artist almost. And um, this, this, this new kind of folklorist thing that's, that I see coming up in music um, and with friends. I mean, friends that you and I know. I mean, this, this is, it's not like I'm, like, I'm going to lose, I'm going to completely change my, my direction here. I mean, it's always <laughs> my, my own, um, still my, my handprint on this, but, but just being really happy and seeing what's happening with people like, uh, like uh, Bill Conger or Benjamin Gardner and how, just awesome their work has turned into like with bends and these crazy like almost hex-like kind of patterns I, I i had to buy a couple of his pieces like a year ago i was so so happy with them and again obviously it's not like i'm gonna start making that stuff or start making stuff like bill but just a little bit of a change in towards working with objects instead of creating pictorial spaces um, sure I, i'm looking forward to that again casting stuff setting up little situations in the studio floor um, and also taking some more photography here soon. Um, well, and it's, it's interesting because it, it just makes me want to kind of think about that process more. Um, and, and, and I guess, I don't know, maybe just being the kind of individual that I am, I guess, I don't know why I always feel like there's some, you know, uh, cause and reaction kind of environmental kind of thing. Um, but is any of this then kind of taken, takes place in terms of when something is absent then? You know, you've been working in a specific genre for a while, and then it's kind of like you gain a, a longing for something that you haven't done in a while? Yeah, I think what I struggle with is, is if I'm really honest with myself, I don't have time by my, you know, like I, I was always, when, when you look back at everything I've said about, you know, especially in the early part of the interview about just being um, on by myself a lot and really enjoying that and not being surrounded by people. I mean, I still... That is still a big part of my personality and what makes me happy. 
which is a really strange thing to say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm completely head over heels in love with my wife and have two awesome kids, and, you know, and I love spending time with them. But, but I think if I really am honest, like I just as an, as an artist, I do need that time and there is that wanting and, and to be back out in it and to go for a walk when it's butt ass cold outside and what that, what thoughts start brewing inside one's head. And I don't know. It's just, it's tough to describe. I mean, I feel like I'm doing a really poor job here the last 20 minutes, but, but maybe yeah, that's, it's, it's terrible. We're going to have to redo it probably a couple of times. <laughs> that's because I think it's just, that's what comes out in the studio and not, you know, in conversation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think again, it's just one of those things that seems really exciting to me just because there's so, there's so much of an openness to it. You know, I, I don't know then if it's going to be, you know, something where you wind up, I don't know, in the next couple of months, just kind of really getting into oddly enough, like photography again, or, you know, some other kind of mode of thinking or, you know, one of these walks kind of takes you off into a, a kind of a new direction. Um, are, yeah. you, I mean, it's, are you ultimately kind of looking to exhibit all this work in, in the same place and kind of, you know, allow it to, uh, to speak as it were. And, and I know, allow me now since since that sounds hokey you know i mean it's really if you're making a, a series of just paintings and you're just going to hang um a body of work that's all you know very similar thematically of course they tie in together but you know when you're kind of talking about doing casting and you know uh making more sculpture and and kind of dealing with 3d aspects of it it kind of makes me start to think about the way that you know all these things might kind of uh feed off of each other and kind of talk about um you know, something that's larger with, with all of their presence together. Yeah, that I definitely think about that. Um, I, it's really tough to, uh, I, in this, in my, my book of notes, um, you know, I, when I sit and kind of reflect on this and write, I'm always thinking in terms of a block of work, like a body of work shown together and how they can relate to one another. And um, I, I definitely do work in, in that mode of like here's my punch list for the season kind of a thing like this is all going to fit well together and it's time to leave the colorful you know as much as I do love them it's time just to leave those behind I mean I'm just not there anymore um, and uh, yeah I mean it's probably just difficult to talk about them because it's, it's a new direction it's exciting it's risk taking and I don't really know what's going to come with it I mean you know I just I could sit and write a list of everything that I that is going to be influencing me, and like, how does that get thrown into the blender and, and turn out a product? I mean, I just don't know what it's going to be yet. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. You know, so and I just wanted to ask you then what, what what's going to get you in the mindset? Um, I don't know why. I just imagine you kind of dressing up in like a, a I don't know, like a like all sorts of layers and like a burqa or something, and then you're just going to like go out with your earbuds and music kind of blaze and just kind of walking around in the dead of winter or something like that. But what's going to, what's going to guide you through that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if when I'm actually like going to be wandering around, if there'll be any music playing, but if, if you're asking like what I'm listening to, it's funny that I did mention Nina Nastasia earlier. That album has been really blowing me away lately. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a tough question. Uh, I still listen to almost the same stuff I've been listening to for like the last 10 years when I'm in the studio and it's usually really like a couple certain Joan of Arc albums even um, that are really uh, a lot more noise um, 
atmospheric noise kind of stuff than really like song structure stuff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that. Um, yeah, it, it makes <laughs> me it makes me feel self conscious that there's a that you know at about mid thirties is when you have this magical age where you just kind of want to stay put. Yeah, like I, I, like I, I, I find that I find that I keep finding out more about um, music that's already happened that I really like, and so to me, that's my my new music is, uh, you know, hear, hearing some Led Zeppelin song that I hadn't heard before. I'm going back in time for sure. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, Wire and and uh, their album Pink Flag, which is like I don't know, '78 or something, and um, listening to. Crass again, stuff like that. Yeah, which is not what I would be listening to on these walks. But yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> no, no. I, and again, I think it's interesting because I mean, um, I don't know. There's just a level of uh, seriousness that 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 obviously one undergoes when they're going to kind of take on some new explorations. But at the same time, there's a. It seems like there's that general sense of excitement in the area. But oddly enough, it's uh, opposite. You know, opposite what most people think of. Um, you know, springtime, like everything's going to be, you know, bright and sunny and, and budding and that kind of thing versus, um, you know, when it starts to drop off, you know? Yeah. I just, it's survival mode, I guess. It, it is. It, it, that's what I was trying to allude to earlier when I was talking about just some tie to the past and like an older, more serious, you know, day in and day out of one's life where, um, dreadful things could happen you could run out of food <laughs> stuff like that i don't know it's, it's really tough to talk about and i can't really sit and name you know i read a lot of carl stanberg poetry but that's not where you're getting it's, it's something darker than that like i don't know poe or something um yeah it's, it's gonna be a really fun winter yeah yeah it sounds like it so well you know again i appreciate you uh taking the time to to make this up for a, a much more um i don't know dynamic interview experience so thanks again for joining me tonight and talking to me sure thank you dave a lot of fun all right thanks again to matt for joining us once again you can find out more about matt and his work by visiting mattpulford.com of course i am david linaway and you can see my work by visiting davidlinaway.com and, of course, the blog for Studio Break is just studiobreak.com. Once again, we've got a bunch of different artist interviews and images of all the artists' work up there, so please go ahead, check that out, leave comments, tweet, share, visit us on Facebook. Once again, we keep a lot of updates of upcoming artists and preview of, of what's to come, shows that are going on, reviews, etc. And also... Please go to the iTunes store, subscribe there, leave us some feedback. Once again, that helps us out a lot in terms of gaining visibility for the podcast. So we'd really love it if you went ahead and did that. Our music today was found at freemusicarchive.org, where they've got thousands and thousands of different songs that you can download for free. Whole albums, like the stuff that you just heard, um, the opening song, White Mysteries Birthday. Once again, that's a big Chicago band, or at least a big indie Chicago band. Once again, there's a whole album that was recorded free and live and is up and available on Free Music Archive. And taking us out is Jazar Birthday Cake. All right, and you've made it to the end. Thanks again for celebrating our first birthday here at Studio Break. And again, we really appreciate all of your efforts in sharing the, the word about the podcast and all these great artists that we have on here. And again, we've got a lot of things in store, looking to do shows and you know perhaps... Uh, 
have other things available, other interesting things to check out, and other contributions to the to the blog and website. So when those things happen, you'll be the first to know. That's all the show we got for today. We'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>